Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and 2022 starts the third year of this podcast and corresponding blog. I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament prophets, revealing how Bible prophecies that were written 700 years before Christ predict not just what was going to happen back then, but what happened when Jesus came. They even predict the end times and last days that are coming true right now. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Hey, new year, new life. Let's dig in. Ezekiel chapters two and three. God speaks to you via his word. Embrace it in your heart. Growing up Catholic, and my story is at the bottom of my blog. You can click on over there. The link is in the show notes. I was never encouraged to read the Bible. Not at all. Sure, we had catechism class with Bible stories, and it was twisted with what the Roman Catholic Church wanted us to learn to keep us enslaved to religion. It was just plain sad. Now I can't get enough of it. I take it in, I digest it, I study it thoroughly. I embrace it, I love it, and I love sharing it. It has changed my life. I'm stronger in my faith, steadfast. I'm honored to be a watchman on the wall. That's what God called Ezekiel to be. Here we'll see what a calling from God looks like. Let's dig in. Ezekiel chapter two is calling and commission. Stand up, son of man, said the voice. I want to speak with you. The spirit came into me as he spoke and he set me on my feet. I listened carefully to his words. Son of man, he said, I am seeking you. I'm sorry. I am sending you to the nation of Israel, a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been rebelling against me to this very day. They are a stubborn, hard-hearted people, but I am sending you to say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or refuse to listen, for remember, they are rebels. At least they will know they have had a prophet among them. Son of man, do not fear them or their words. Do not be afraid, even though their threats surround you like nettles and briars and stinging scorpions. Do not be dismayed by their dark scowls, even though they are rebels. You must give them my messages, whether they listen or not, but they won't listen for they are completely rebellious. Son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not join them in their rebellion. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and saw a hand reaching out to me. It held a scroll, which he unrolled. And I saw that both sides were covered with funeral songs, words of sorrow, and pronouncements of doom. End of Ezekiel 2. So here's some key points here. God calls Ezekiel son of man, which simply means human. In the New Living Translation version, 
Um, it's found 92 times in the book of Ezekiel. And you're probably thinking, I've heard that in the New Testament too, right? Yep, exactly. Jesus called himself son of man. It's found 92 times in the NLT version of the gospel. And it's so that people would understand that he was human and divine. God tells him that he must go and spread God's message to the Jews, even though they will rebel. They won't listen to him. They will reject him and God's message. He's not to be afraid. Keep warning people, keep telling the truth and keep spreading the word no matter what. Going on, Ezekiel chapter three. The voice said to me, son of man, eat what I am giving you, eat this scroll, then go and give its message to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he fed me the scroll. Fill your stomach with this, he said. And when I ate it, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said, son of man, go to the people of Israel and give them my messages. I am not sending you to a foreign people whose language you cannot understand. No, I am sending you to people with strange and difficult speech. I'm sorry, got that wrong. That's verse six. No, I am not sending you to a people with strange and difficult speech. If I did, they would listen. But the people of Israel won't listen to you any more than they listen to me. For the whole lot of them are hard-hearted and stubborn. But look, I have made you as obstinate and as hard-hearted as they are. I have made your forehead as hard as the hardest rock. Granite. <laughs> so don't be afraid of them or fear their angry looks, even though they are rebels. Then he added, son of man, let all my words sink deep into your own heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself. Then go to your people in exile and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Do this, whether they listen to you or not. Then the spirit lifted me up and I heard a loud rumbling sound behind me. May the glory of the Lord be praised in this place. It was the sound of the wings of the living beings as they brushed against each other and the rumblings of their wheels beneath them. And if you want to see what they looked like, you got to go to yesterday's blog because I got pictures there of what these could have looked like, at least an artist's rendering of it. Verse 14, the spirit lifted me up and took me away. And I, I went in bitterness and turmoil, but the Lord's hold on me was strong. Then I came to the colony of Judean exiles in Tel Abib, beside the Kibar River. I was overwhelmed and sat among them for seven days. A watchman for Israel, chapter uh, verse 16. After seven days, the Lord gave me a message. He said, son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for Israel. Whenever you receive a message from me, warn people immediately. If I warn the wicked saying you are under the penalty of death, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. If you warn them and they refuse to repent and keep on sinning, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself because you obeyed me. If righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and ignore the obstacles I put in their way, they will die. 
And if you do not warn them, they will die in their sins. None of their righteous acts will be remembered. And I will hold you responsible for their debts. If you warn righteous people not to sin and they listen to you and do not sin, they will live and you will have saved yourself too. Then the Lord took hold of me and said, get up and go out into the valley and I will speak to you there. So I got up and went and there I saw the glory of the Lord, just as I had seen in my first vision by the Kibar River. And I fell face down on the ground. Then the spirit came to me and set me on my feet. He spoke to me and said, go to your house and shut yourself in. There, son of man, you will be tied with ropes so you cannot go out among the people. And I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be speechless and unable to rebuke them for they are rebels. But when I give you a message, I will loosen your tongue and let you speak. Then you will say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Those who choose to listen will listen, but those who refuse will refuse for they are rebels. It's Ezekiel 3. Wow. Consume God's word. We need to consume God's word to savor it, digest it, apply it to our lives. Pastor Sandy Adam comments. He he liked God's word. Um, that quote, I'm quoting Sandy Adams. He liked God's word. It was sweet to his taste. This is the key to understanding the Bible. It's been said, man's knowledge must be understood to be loved, but God's knowledge must be loved to be understood. When you love God and really want to know him, that's when the scripture begins to open up to you. In Revelation 10, the apostle John also ate the scroll. He said, it was as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. It was sweet in his mouth, but bitter in his belly. As John considered God's kingdom, it excited him. How sweet. When God rules the world, life will taste sweet. But when John began to, dis to digest the implications of God's kingdom on the world around him, it left him with a bitter taste. There would be people he loved, who because of their sin and rebellion without Christ, they'll burn in hell. This gives John a real case of heartburn. This is why the Bible's message can be described as sweet and sour. It thrills us to realize the blessings that are ours in Christ, but it chills us to realize the judgments that are coming on those apart from Christ. Also pay close attention to this concept of eating and digesting the word of God. Remember what Jeremiah said in chapter 15, verse 16, your words were found and I ate them and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Jeremiah had scarfed up the scriptures. The other day we took the grandkids to lunch and I watched my grandsons do what their parents did. They licked the ketchup off the French fries without eating the fries. And this is what a lot of people do with God's word. They like the sweet, but not the meat. The Bible deserves more than a casual reading, a superficial treatment. We need to bite into it, chew it up, mull it over, say and over and over, savor it and digest its message. And that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. If you want to click on over to my blog, I have a link to his full teaching on these chapters.
the point here is to savor the buffet. Okay, that's why I don't recommend devotionals. Those short tidbits of scripture along with a paragraph or two on a specific topic. Don't get me wrong, they are better than not reading the Bible at all. However, it's like eating a snack-sized bag of chips when you can have an all-you-can-eat buffet. God's word is spiritual nourishment for the soul. Eat it up. Ezekiel humbled himself, then was lifted up. He fell face down in humility before the awesome and mighty voice of God. Then the Holy Spirit lifted him up. Interestingly enough, that's exactly what Peter tells us to do in 1 Peter 5, verse 6. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. And it's in God's time that he will lift you up in honor. When you surrender and submit your whole life to Jesus, that's exactly what he'll do with you. He'll lift you up, give you a calling, a mission, something to do for the kingdom. It's then up to you to keep reading and studying the Bible, connect with other born again Christians and do what God wants you to do. Believers are get called. Are you listening? Just like Ezekiel listened carefully to God's words, we as believers must do the same thing. Let God speak to you through his word. Open your heart and your mind to take it all in. Don't be stubborn and stiff-necked like the Jews were. And it wasn't only in Ezekiel's day. Jesus faced the same problem. Jesus said this phrase eight times in the Gospels and eight times in the book of Revelation. I quote it from Matthew chapter 11, verse 13. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Okay? People will be hard-hearted and stubborn. Is that you? Are you like the Jews or, or are you like the way God wants Ezekiel to be in verse 7? Sandy Adams explains, again, quote, in essence, God tells Ezekiel he needs to be just as hard-headed as the Jews. I believe there is such a thing as sanctified stubbornness. Not all stubbornness is, is a sin or detrimental. The right stubbornness can be beneficial. It's good to be stubborn for what's right. There's a biblical word you can translate sanctified stubbornness. We don't use it anymore, but it's a great word. Steadfast. Be consistent, be faithful, stubbornly hold on to what's right and be steadfast. Jesus told us in John 16, 33, in the world, you will have tribulation. That's also translated as trouble or trials. Expect it. If you live for him, you'll be an enemy of this world. You'll be resisted and rejected. And that means if you're going to live for God, you can't be easily swayed. You need some godly stubbornness. In 1905, the University of Bern in Germany turned down a PhD dissertation as irrelevant and fanciful. It was by a young student named Albert Einstein. Einstein had to learn early in life to reject the rejection. In 1894, a teacher in Harrow, England wrote on a 16-year-old's report card the comment, a conspicuous lack of success. 
that student was named Winston Churchill, who had to learn to reject the rejection. If you're going to live the Christian life, you also must learn to reject the rejection. Keep your eyes on God and don't be intimidated by the looks and laughs of others. Again, that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. If you want to click on over to my blog, the link's in the show notes and you can listen to his whole um, message on these chapters. The watch people on the wall. Well, I am a watchman or watch woman on the wall. And it's up to me to spread the good news of the true salvation of Jesus Christ. Likewise, to warn people that we are living in the end times and the last days. We are seeing the birth pangs that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 24, Luke 17 and 21 and Mark 13. If I did not, I'd be shirking my duty. I'd be going against my calling. I share the word and the good news along with dozens of Bible prophecy preachers and teachers that are out there. And you can click on over to my blog and I have a link and I have a page with a lot of Bible prophecy links to other preachers and teachers who definitely are more knowledgeable in all this than I am. But I'm just passing on the word. If you want to dig deeper, please click on over to my blog. It's up to the recipient of the message to take it to heart, to grasp it, embrace it, and run with it. I did my job. Now it's time to do yours. Believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. That is stop sinning to a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Then receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. And he'll lift you up. So invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and the confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And if you want to know, the gal behind the voice here, click on over to my blog in the bottom uh, is my testimony. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Are you a born again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus's salvation? I had the same problem. So I put together a free ebook the Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please let me know if it helped you. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know, only they don't, and that's the problem. 
When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version or the NIV, and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version or NKJV and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that will be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my Father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.